Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. It's the Round the Rock Podcast, starring Dave Schilling, Buddy Bayheim, Charlie Villanueva, he was a cancer, Joey Devine, Happy Hairston, Vince Dumbo. Sean Keen, Jackie Robinson, but not that Jackie Robinson, David Thirdkill, special guest Tom Not Tom, Patreons Richard Fuck, thank you Richard, Josh Cohen, thank you Josh, Jack Keneally! Thank you, Jack! Musical guest, Uncle Cracker! And now the temporary host of Round Ball Rock, Joey Devine! Hi! It's me, Joey Devine, your temporary host of the Round Ball Rock podcast. And we are back with a brand new episode. I'm here... As always, with America's Uncle Dad, your friend and mine, Sean Keen. Sean, how was your Christmas? Uh, my car actually got stolen from outside my house on Christmas. Mm-hmm. It was Ma- the Grinch. Merry probably. fucking Christmas, dude. I know. I know. Um, did did they get it back? They found it. Uh, I don't really know how damaged it is. Apparently, they used a method uh, found on TikTok. Mm-hmm. To steal my car, and I could tell because uh, when I saw so when I saw it briefly, there was a USB cord sticking out of the uh, steering column, and I have to say, 
when I saw that, I didn't blame TikTok anymore. I was like, that's actually on the car manufacturer, mm -hmm. I think, to allow, like, why is there a USB port, like, where my key should be? Mm -hmm. It right. seems like they yeah. didn't build that. But, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, so that that, that happened. Well, but I'm also, sorry. I have, some I have some exciting news, though. Oh, what's the news? When, you know, they ever say, when a door shuts, a window open called the release date for America's Uncle Dad, my debut comedy album. Oh, great. What date? Uh, March 15th. Hell yeah, dude. It's, it's really happening. It's really happening. Um, you may think. Hopefully it's happening. Well, that's things exciting. Go, things could go wrong before that. I had all the masters in my car. <laughs> I didn't make any backups. Mm. Like the guy from Misery. Everything's mm -hmm. just on an eight-track tape. No backups. Um, well, Sean... I'm sorry your car got stolen on Christmas, yeah. and I'm sorry it meant that you couldn't go to the movie theaters and see Ferrari with me, which is a true story. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I also experienced car mayhem. That's true. Because I saw Ferrari. Yeah, my, my car got recovered while you were seeing Ferrari. Mm -hmm. Very exciting stuff. Um, they didn't really call me in time, so it just went to a tow yard. Speaking of cars, done, really. today... Uh -huh. We're talking about Motor City, baby. Ooh. The home of John Varvados, the toughest man alive. <laughs> the home of Iggy Pop. The home of pizza that has uh, brick cheese on it and the sauce on top of the brick cheese. What? The, uh, the uh, home of Tim Robinson. The home of the Tours. Mm -hmm. Steady as she goes, baby. <laughs> the home of that band where the guy from the Tours beat the shit out of him that did the, the Rescue Vines? Me the uh, theme song. I forget oh. the name of that band. Um, uh, oh, the Vaughn. Bondies. The Von Bondies, yeah. Uh, remember the when Jack? Remember when Jack White running. beat that guy up so bad? Uh, his face was, was all messed up. Yeah. Um, Greta Van Vliet. Yeah. Vliet. Mm. It's not Vliet. They're mm -hmm. not a Motown. <laughs> um, all right. Um, that's right. We're doing this as a Christmas present for our listener Abe. Who yeah. called us very depressed last week? And Corbin yeah. was so mean to him. Um, yeah. So we wanted to talk to uh, an actual Pistons fan, our friend mm -hmm. Tom, not Tom. Um, I guess, you know what? Before we get to Tom, though, let's hear Abe's call one more time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Without just pure hate being spit at him mm -hmm. by, by a friend of ours. Mm, yeah. Well, well, you know, um, sometimes. You know, sometimes an alpha gets on your pot. Yeah, it's you really. Gotta, you just got to strap in and see where the alpha takes you. I don't know what I did just with Abe's on the back call. Of his, uh, the Hold back on. Of his hog. <laughs> um, Joey, I'm going to tell you some more people from Detroit while you find that. Yeah, did yeah, you know please do. Steve Ballmer is from Detroit. Uh, from the the toilet speech. From the toilet speed. Um, uh, <laughs> I did not know that Steve Ballmer is from Detroit, but he is like a Tim Robinson uh, yeah. character, so it makes sense. Uh, um, what about, uh, did you know that Jimmy Hoffa was from Detroit? 
Uh, I yes, I did I know I Jimmy Hoffa that. was uh from Detroit. How about John DeLorean? Uh, no, I assumed he was just from cocaine. Yeah, I mean, um, he's sort of from cocaine. Mm-hmm. What about um? Wait, there are a lot of not very well known. Ernie Hudson. That makes sense. Yeah. I, ca- I think I could have guessed Ernie Hudson was from Detroit. He he reads Detroit to me. Uh, Sam Raimi. I think I knew that. Dave Coulier. <laughs> no, yeah, I thought he was Canadian. This guy, uh, this guy, I think reads pretty Detroit. J.K. Simmons. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Tim Allen from Detroit, I believe. Right. Uh, or is that just his character? Yes. No, no, no. He's, he, he's definitely from Detroit. And prison, where mm-hmm. he was a snitch. Um, all right, here's Abe's voicemail. <laughs> hey, guys, it's Abe. Um, from Michigan, unfortunately, in Los Angeles. Um, as a Pistons fan, what do I do? Like, it's hard to... Like, we've lost, like, 20 fucking games in a row. What, like, do I just find a different team? Do I just, like, walk into traffic? Please advise. Thank you. Okay, well, Abe, we brought our friend Tom Not Tom on. Um, And I should say, we say multiple times when we recorded this, but Tom is a soothsayer. He did not tell us that when... We recorded this, but we recorded this well before Christmas. Yeah. And he has since gone on to be entirely correct about what games the Detroit Pistons win yeah. or not in this case. Um, did, you, did you see what happened tonight, Joey? Uh, they almost beat the Celtics and then didn't. Um, yeah, that's pretty much what happened. <laughs> they, were, they were up by 21 points in the first half and then they remembered they were the Pistons. Mm-hmm. But what's crazy is they blew that whole lead in the third quarter and then played them dead even in forced overtime. Mm-hmm. They were even leading 50 minutes and 20 Look, here's what I'll say about this Pistons team. Yeah. <laughs> is you, they're not the Bobcats. Like, no. No, like, they're not. They... If, if anything, this run here has kind of proven that Cade Cunningham is good. You just need to get people around him, right? Yeah, he scored 72 points. Like, he is not Gerald Henderson, who was the best player on that Bobcats team that was the yeah. losingest team ever. Like, I... there are some good players. I don't know why they're DMPing Asar Thompson, though. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> um, I don't... I mean, so much of the team doesn't make sense. Like, like, it does not make sense that they're as bad as they are. And uh, anyway, tonight they lost their 28th game in the row, as <laughs> absolutely predicted by our upcoming guest. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk. Let's go talk to Tom, not Tom. All right, we're here with our friend, Pistons expert, Tom, not Tom, on uh, Twitter.com. Tom, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm really excited to talk about Reacher season two. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm just really enthusiastic about this, and uh, I just really <laughs> want to get into all the Alan Richardson talk. We yeah. do love Alan. We 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 stand Alan Richardson here on the podcast. Uh, here's what, my what question. NBA? T- oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go, no, go ahead, Sean. Your bit what was going to be better. Team, what yeah. NBA team do you think Alan Richardson would contribute the most to uh, this season? 
So he's got, I feel like he would probably play like a Craig Smith or like a Carl Landry type. Mm-hmm. Like he'd be yeah. like a bruiser down low. He's not as um, big as the book reacher. And even that reacher is only six, five. Yeah, that's so. Yeah. Undersized center like Chuck Hayes, PJ Tucker. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think of who's a little thin. Honestly, the Detroit Pistons could really use him right now. <laughs> yeah, why not another center? Get him in there. Um, He's got big hands. He can get into the passing lanes. Uh, I, I think it's a match made in heaven. Lunch yeah, pail you attitude. Put, you put him and beef stew together, too. Like, there's going to be some casualties, I think. those are the t- That's the toughest front court in basketball. I think it'd be great. They'd do some Bosch-style uh, banter between each other that's written by, like, a 60-year-old guy. It's going to be great. <laughs> Hold on, I've got I've got a I've got a bone to pick with you there, Sean. James Wiseman cannot be part of the toughest front court in basketball, even if Ron Artest and uh, I don't know Charles Oakley were on this team. Yeah, I just I just mean Richson and <laughs> oh, Stewart. I know. I just mean right. James Wiseman is part of the front court. He brings it down. I um, mean those two guys. I don't know if um, I mean. He makes his own bed. Reacher probably doesn't do that at all because well, he just wears clothes until they fall <laughs> off his body. They're so filthy. We, but he might speak Mandarin like James Wiseman does. Are, Did we, you know I that, think they Tom? probably drop him out of a helicopter and then yeah. that's what gets Reacher all pissed off to like go out and drop a 30-30 game. Yeah, right, he's like, we, we called him Big Jim. Did you know the Warriors called him Big Jim briefly? Well, well, we the Warriors, Bob Fitzgerald did briefly, and they should have kept it. I honestly think he has a different career if everyone just called him everything. Big Jim. Um, Hold on, I'm, I'm looking. I got to see if they have this on his basketball reference page. <laughs> they do. It's after Big Ticket, which is that's not his nickname. His nickname. Uh, they have Big, Big Jim. Ticket. Isn't um, that Kevin Garnett's nickname? That is Kevin Garnett's nickname. Yeah. Uh, I guess a lot of similarities between those guys. We've let Tom stall a little (laughs) bit here. Um, Tom, the reason we have you on is our friend Abe called the other day Mm -hmm. to ask about if he should continue being a Pistons fan. And Corbin Smith bullied him. Sean and I sort of defended him. We tried, but you can't you can't cage that that great wolf. Um, so let's start with that. Tom, you're a Pistons fan. You watch this team every single minute they play basketball. Uh, should Abe continue being a Pistons fan? I think that it is okay to have a side team, but I do think that having a hometown team that you're loyal to, even when they're maybe the most embarrassing professional franchise that is currently going. Mm hmm. I I just think it's important to have something that roots you, uh, you know, to your local community. It's a thing that you can talk about to people. You can complain about them. I love to complain about them. But he lives in Los Angeles. Yeah, but he's from Michigan from what I could tell for that. So I think also it's like you maintain your connection with your home state. And also, like, are you going to root for the Lakers? Like, come on. Yeah, I mean, isn't Tim Allen still a Pistons fan, I assume? <laughs> uh, I think he uh, thinks that they play a little too showy and maybe uh, not with the blue collar. Yeah, I heard Kid wants. Rock said he was uh, wishing for the days of uh, Bill Lambeer and that he couldn't believe that uh, they let Luke Kennard go. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, I mean, what? 
What's the commonality between those guys? I'm assuming he just like shooters. I can't. I don't know what else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just common. just guys who play the game the right way. Coaches on the floor is is who he likes. Can I not not to further derail us from the topic at hand? But can, I just want to say I think it is one of the most insulting things to me as a Pistons fan ever was that they had Kid Rock narrate the Bad Boys Thirty for Thirty. Uh huh. Like yeah. it's completely unforgivable. Yeah. No, absolutely. It should have been Iggy Pop. Oh, that would have been so sick. Yeah. What if it was oh. Sam Richardson? Uh, yeah, was, Sam, yeah, even yeah. better. <laughs> I, I like a nice goofy narration. Yeah, have Sam and Tim yeah. like yeah, go yeah. go in on it. Um. So, Tom, can you walk us through what's happened here to the Pistons? Because uh, even post James Wiseman trade, even though they only won two games or whatever, uh, it seemed like. They were young and exciting, and, like, they signed Monty Williams, and they had a bunch of... There were good vibes, and then all of a sudden, it's the opposite. What do you think... What's the main culprit here? I feel like every time that I dig deeper on this, because I... I you're right, like, it's easy to forget how I felt when they were 2-1, and one and they were coming off of... This was before Halloween now. Uh -huh. And they were coming off of like two double digit wins and like a pretty close road loss to the heat. So it was like, OK, they're finally turning the corner. Got a couple vets. Alec Burks was shooting well. And it was like, OK, they're going to be nobody expected them to be a playoff team. But it's like maybe they get into the play in. Maybe if they win 30 games, everybody's really happy. They've taken a step forward. Yeah. But I feel like any time that I've tried to dissect this further as it's gotten worse, it's like like you you i just can't come up with a single explanation for it there's too many factors at play everybody <laughs> seems to be performing incompetently and when you get down to the nitty-gritty and you start getting into like on off numbers and stuff like that it's like going through someone's books that's in like a million dollars worth of credit card debt <laughs> where there's just like it's just you don't see a way out you don't know how they got there none of it makes any sense you don't know how they were living that way for that long like, it, it just seems like the bill came due on a whole bunch of stuff at once, and it caused the entire franchise to collapse. Yeah, like, Monty Morris is supposed to be cool and good, and like a grown-up. Like, it's not like this is a team of not grown-ups, you know what I mean? Like... Well, the grown-ups yeah. have not really been playing. Right, but still... <laughs> Well, the, the thing with that, though, is because it is a good point. I, I feel like uh, I, it's easy to go through the excuses for this team because they're I think it's a completely thankless job to be a beat writer for the Pistons right now. Yeah. I think it's hard to get access oh, yeah. unless you're making a lot of excuses for them. But um, the excuse for a long time was like, oh, the vets are out. Bojan's hurt. Monty Morris isn't back yet. Uh, Isaiah Livers is going to be a stabilizing presence when he gets back because he's like a 27-year-old second-year player. Uh, and uh, But like anytime that they've actually gotten someone back, it's gotten worse. Like it's gotten yeah. worse since Bojan came back. And it's nice to see him out there. Like their spacing's gotten better. Cade has played better. But again, like I just feel like I know that they're bad and I know it's not working and it doesn't seem like Monty Williams is helping and it doesn't seem like the vets are helping. And... I, I think ultimately what it comes back to is that this is a team that is not that is being assembled by a general manager that doesn't care about team composition. And I think that that mm -hmm. finally ultimately fucked them this year. Yeah, because this is about the third year in a row where they've just been 
acquiring guys, regardless of any position. It's just guys and value and tradable contracts because that they had that bizarre off season before 2021. Is that, was that when it happened? Are you talking um, about the one where they had like eight centers where that's the joke? Yeah, that they, making the, about what, what year then? did they sign Plumley? So that was the uh, two years ago. It was the 2020 off season. So that okay. was Weaver's first off season. They signed uh, Jeremy Grant. Uh-huh. They signed Mason Plumley and uh, Jaleel Okafer. And I believe they traded for Tony Bradley and then waived him. Mm-hmm. And that was at the point where the centers were starting to hit critical mass. I mean, his his record is pretty incredible. Uh, yeah, he yeah, the 20 it's the 2020 offseason gets he does a lot really fast. Mm hmm. Because they well, trade Luke Kennard, they lose too. Yeah, so they they end up with Killian Hayes that year, Saban Lee. They get rid of Luke Kennard and Bruce Brown uh, to get Sadiq Bay, and they get uh, well, they get uh, Beef Stew too, right? Is that right? Yep they uh, they traded, uh, I believe, lumped into that. His trade, there's a bunch of, I went back and looked at these trades on basketball reference yeah. <laughs> and they're always ones that get turned into four team deals after the fact. So yeah, it's really right. hard to parse them. And but they, like, <laughs> I want to say that they got DeLon Wright in the trade that oh. got them beef stew and they got mm. Trevor Ariza and bought him out and yeah, that they it's, traded it's... a first, a future, like super protected future first to Houston, I believe. And they trade Christian Wood in that deal. Mm-hmm. Yes, and Christian somehow Wood was also there's there. somehow there's still a lingering second round pick that they're going to get, I think. But uh, yeah, just a, a huge amount of action. Um, oh, yeah, he does get the lawn right when they unload Ariza. It's such a crazy bunch of ideas. And yeah, Josh Jackson and Wayne Ellington also join the team. Um, <laughs> I can't remember here's when a question. Anyway, yeah, sorry. Alec Burks has made the playoffs one time in his career, I believe, and it was the Sixers, right? Um, I guess no, he might have made it, but Alec, is it Alec Burks? Is he the problem, or is he just cursed? <laughs> this year, he's actually been a big part of the problem. I thought he was awesome last year. Like uh-huh. this is this is another thing that this front office has a problem with: is mm-hmm. guys will vets will be hot. And they'll be in a position to maybe flip them for something good and they'll hold on to them too long and then they'll hold on to them until they suck and then they'll either waive them or trade them for nothing, basically. Because mm-hmm. he was awesome last year. He was awesome in like the first three games of this season and then he injured his forearm and he hasn't been able to shoot since then. Because mm-hmm. he signed with the Golden State Warriors and they won 15 games. Mm-hmm. Then the Warriors mm-hmm. traded him to the Sixers where they were swept in the first round of the Boston by the Boston Celtics. Then he goes to the Knicks and they don't make the playoffs twice. And now he's on the Pistons and they are this. I mean, uh... <laughs> maybe he just has bad vibes. Yeah, I mean, I think it's entirely a... <laughs> possible. It's it is very possible that that's uh, that is going to happen. Wasn't he on a college team with Derek White too, or is he too? Derek White might be younger than him. I know Derek, Derek White, White was like twenty five when he got drafted, so yeah. it's entirely possible. Yeah, 
Anyway. I mean, they, yeah, uh, it's just when you look at Troy Weaver's record, almost all the trades are extremely confusing. Mm-hmm. Like they're just. Uh, they're also complicated. They all have second round picks. You're never sure if the Pistons are going to get or receive a pick when you just look at the trade because you're like, uh, they're trading a high second round pick and Mason Plumlee. <laughs> Do they include a pick with that or do they lose a pick with that? I don't know. Uh, Joey, Alec Burks has made the playoffs four okay. times. What with he the Jazz, with the though, when he was injured, right? The Knicks made well, it? Oh, I thought he missed it with the Knicks. I must have. Oh, they Joey, missed it the last year with the... the Knicks. My bad. <laughs> My bad, Alec Burks. <laughs> yeah, they were. Uh, I think they were a terrible four seed, I believe, that wow. year. Wow. Um, but he's he's played a he's played a total of twenty two playoff games, Joey. Never mind, never mind. I apologize. I was not he's familiar part with of the your solution. game, Alec Burks. He's a winning player. <laughs> I will say, Alec Burks has he won a playoff game? Because if he has, then he's won more than the Pistons have in the last fifteen years in the playoffs. And he might have played in more playoff games than the he's, Pistons did. He's won a round. He won the Knicks won one game against the. Trey Young Hawks when Trey was the king of New York and did his Broadway bow. Uh-huh, yeah. And then um he uh in twenty eighteen they went around. They won the first wow. round. He's beating the hell out of us as far as that goes. So <laughs> Yeah. I think we need to apologize to Alec. I, I I'm I'm sorry, Alec Burks. My bad. Um All right, my next question for you. So we've covered the Troy Weaver angle, kind of. Yeah. How maybe it's his fault. But should we also now cover the Monty Williams part? Is it maybe his fault? Wait, so who, who did the Pistons, who did the G, who did Troy Weaver actually want to hire as the head coach? So the rumors were that he wanted to hire Kevin Ali, the former uh, journeyman point guard mm-hmm. and uh, head coach of uh, UConn best, basketball. Best mustache in NBA history. Uh, who was at the time was working with overtime elite in some sort of coaching capacity. And uh, apparently the ownership wasn't super keen on that. And they were interviewing uh, one of, but I think it was Bud's lead assistant from the Bucks. I feel bad that I don't remember what his name is, but, um, and I think ownership wanted that a little bit more, but they were having a hard time coming to a decision. And I think Monty was ultimately like Gorez stepped in and opened up the checkbook. And like, that was who he wanted. Always a great sign when the owner goes out of the way, does not listen to the general manager or the players. <laughs> and just kind of had Monty Williams over to his house too. Like, I don't think he came to Detroit. Did he? I, yeah. I mean, probably not. I, don't, I, other than going to games, I don't think Tom Gorez goes to Detroit very much. Um, <laughs> I don't well, think I mean, it, they, like, they, he doesn't have as many Coke dealers out there. So yeah. I, I think he likes his guys back home. He'd have to deal with uh, Dan Gilbert and Dan Ish- uh, Matt Ishbia's gang war as yeah. well, which I hear is the most <laughs> devastating thing to hit. Just mortgage brokers uh, throwing subpoenas at each other in drive-bys. It's rough. Yeah, it's the streets are mean out there and it's really tough to get territory. It's really not worth yeah. it. So he, he outsources that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> But, okay, um, okay, why does Monty hate Jaden Ivy? I don't know. And I really <laughs> wish that I did. I think the reason that is generally given is that like Ivy's a second year guard. Second year guards are usually bad at defense unless they're like 
you know, Marcus Sasser, who they just drafted, who's like 23. Uh-huh. And so I think he'll miss a rotation or two and Monty will get mad. And it's the most like coach brained thing where like the one or two mistakes that somebody makes, you you immediately try to scuttle their development. Uh-huh. And also he's like one of the only ball handlers they have that can get consistent rim pressure. Yeah, yeah. Shot cool out of a say Warriors fans were familiar with that behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we've, yeah. yeah, this is very Kerr. <laughs> this is very Steve Kerr for yeah. sure. Like uh. it's it's just like we got to he uh Suns fans were saying apparently he had this dynamic like Aiton. He has like a young player that he hates, mm-hmm. and then he has a young player or like a veteran that he wants to marry his daughters. Uh-huh. And so Aiton was the guy that he hated, and apparently he loved Landry Shamit. And Suns uh-huh. fans hated Landry Shamit. And so I, I think that uh, unfortunately Ivy is the the DeAndre Aiton in this scenario, and, and Killian I Hayes. Killian, is. yeah, Killian is the Landry Shamit. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what do, what is Monty doing during the summer that is – does he go somewhere that doesn't have cell service? Does he have, like, a thumb injury? Why can't he communicate with a single one of his young players during the summer? <laughs> that seems to be a perpetual uh, problem. Yeah, I don't know. The thing is, like, it was such, like, a whirlwind hiring that I feel like I don't really know – Monty that well as a coach it was more just like oh we got like a guy that's won games and they paid a lot of money for him it's like I won't have to worry about this was my attitude going into the season (laughs) but like all of the bullshit that uh, I think Suns fans rightfully were throwing at him throughout his entire tenure there it's like all hitting me at the same time where I was like oh I didn't know any of this like I had no idea what I was getting into all I knew was that like Monty uh, is like coach of the year winner uh, you know, help take the Suns to the next level, which it seems like was more a Chris Paul thing than a him thing at this point. Uh-huh. And uh, and like otherwise, I knew that he had had some really bad personal turmoil. So I was like, and yeah. honestly, I think that might be a big problem with it is and I don't blame him. He looks like he does not want to be there and I wouldn't want to be there either. Uh-huh. So I, I mean, combined with how shitty that job seems like it is and like the stuff with his, his uh, you know, family, like I just I I. I do blame him because he's making eight, like $8 million a yeah. year. But like, I think it's understandable when nothing's coming together, how it could just completely fall apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't, it's not always a good sign when a coach insists for two months that he just wants to stop doing basketball and hang out with his family. And then the answer's like, well, it was such an overwhelming amount of money. I guess I had to, um, <laughs> Yeah, that's not usually a recipe for success. It's when not you like, just, oh, like open up the teach, checkbook. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like uh, well, I I owe it to my family to to do this in case I die. I can yeah. provide for them. You know, like it's it's the kind of thing that you hear. I I don't know, like a guy who's going back into a coal mine with black lung disease because there's a bonus that month. It's actually a key plot point in the Disney Channel original movie Brink, where Andy Brink's dad is sick and he's got to go play for Team X Blades in order to pay for whatever medical condition he has. Yeah. So uh, I, I think this is definitely a Brink situation with Monty. Okay, okay that's Tom. Good to know. We've covered the front office. We've covered the coaching staff. We've covered Alec Burks. We've covered Alec Possible. Burks, but. Other than possible Alex, locker now, room cancer, but now, we don't know. Now let's talk about the players. Whose fault are all these losses? 
I think it would be really easy to say James Wiseman and fun. And so I'm going uh -huh. to do it first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But like weirdly, I was looking and he hasn't been as bad this month, which is to say that he went from having like the worst on off splits I've ever uh -huh. seen for a player to like, oh, they're like only five points worse when he's on the court than they yeah. normally are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he's shooting like 78% from the field well, and he look, has more he assists always than turnovers. gets buckets, dude. That's one thing he always does is he gets buckets at the detriment of everyone else on the floor. <laughs> he's got 10 assists in seven games, Joey. Good for he him, is, dude. Yeah, he's truly evolving into just a bad center who <laughs> he like is like a slightly better version. There was a point during the season where his numbers were almost identical to Jaleel Okafor's uh, numbers oh. as a piston, and I thought that that was a little on the nose, so I'm wow. glad that he yeah. took that to heart. <laughs> but, I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with him. I mean, uh, you last episode, you you cited the stat of them going, I think they're 4-48 and 48 now since they traded right. for him. Yeah. We yeah. should say we're recording this on December 19th, which will become a theme later on in this episode, just... Uh... Bear with us, but okay. yeah, keep going. As of right now, it's a 24-game losing streak. Uh-huh, yeah. And the single-season record is 26. There's been a longer streak by the Sixers a couple years ago, but it spanned two seasons, and I just don't that think that counts. Count. You can't, because you add, they added a bunch of players during that streak. It's it's disrespectful to uh, Jared Bayless, I believe, is, uh -huh. was their prime edition that yeah. summer. But uh, he he shouldn't he doesn't need to be tarred with that. Uh, yeah, same Gerald Henderson was already sucking. on was already on that Bobcats team that won like seven games. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's a that's like an ESPN ten for ten documentary <laughs> where you want to explore it, but not really for that long, you know. Anyway, um, back to the James players. We Joey, James yeah, Wiseman had a twenty and thirteen game. I know. Four days ago. And they lost. <laughs> but I mean, he was. He gets buckets, dude. He, he got he a block. <laughs> uh, two turnovers, nine for 12. I mean, that's. He does. He they lost by 32. Points, though. Um, yeah, the so problem is maybe. that he still plays defense like in a movie where someone doesn't realize they're dead and they're like a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like he should be making contact, but nobody notices he's around yeah. the rim defending. He's only minus five in 27 minutes in that game, but that <laughs> might say more about the 76ers, who are the only team that has more centers than the Pistons, I believe. It's, I mean, they, they knew it was going to be an arms race, so yeah. they they, uh, <laughs> they planned accordingly. They knew who their main competitor was. Mm -hmm. Okay, so who else, other than James Wiseman, who else has been at fault here? And Alec it's Burks. Honest, and, yeah, and Alec Burks. <laughs> I, I think uh, a big part of it, like early in the season, it was turnovers, and uh, that was a a Cade and uh, Jaden Ivy, uh, and just general team problem. Sure. Uh, but since they moved Isaiah Stewart away from playing power forward, uh huh, Cade's turnover numbers have gone way down. His efficiency numbers have gone up. He's starting to play the way that you kind of hoped that he would. Mm hmm. He looks and like I a think cool a big, vampire still. Um, he do, he still looks like a cool vampire. Yeah, so like, he's got yeah. that going for him at the very least. Uh, but they, I think their spacing was just terrible. So it was a combo of, 
I mean, they, they, I, lo- I love Asar Thompson. They were playing a lineup with him at small forward. Stewart, who on paper looks like he could maybe shoot threes, but passes like only uh-huh. shoots them wide open, passes them mm-hmm. up constantly. And then for the whatever rotation of Durin, uh, Marcus Bagley, James Wiseman, of either like marginal shooters or guys that can't shoot. Mm-hmm. And I, I think. It, teams knew that they didn't have to respect the perimeter. So they would just completely clog the paint. And it meant that they could just get into passing lanes. Uh, I think the passing instincts for their guards, you know, they were throwing balls where normally there'd be spacing for you to get away with it. And teams were just stealing it. Well, mm-hmm. also and, uh, it's important back to James Wiseman. He cannot catch a pass. That's that a really good very point. bad yeah. at it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he uh, just befuddled by the act of catching a basketball. Yeah. Uh, he does um, always look surprised whenever he gets an entry pass. Like it, yeah. he really doesn't seem like he's ever <laughs> expecting it. Um, okay. So I want to ask one question that I have a little game for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, how do you think Steven Silas feels about, about leaving the Rockets for the pit? Well, okay. Not really leaving, getting fired as the coach of the Rockets and then landing with the Detroit Pistons this year. Uh, I, I think that this is, I'm glad you brought this up because I didn't think of this when we were in the who is at fault section of this. And it uh-huh. might be Steven Silas uh-huh. because yeah, I remember just saw him there and we're like, oh, no, this we've seen this guy. Yeah, by all accounts, he seems like a nice dude. But there was one day where I, I remembered that he was their lead assistant because when when they when, you know, when I still was like, oh, Monty's got this like we finally got, you know, mm-hmm. Dwayne Casey seems like a nice guy, but we got a guy that's like winning in modern NBA basketball Uh and uh, okay, you got Steven Silas. Well, they got a head coach as their, you know, lead assistant. Like, that's probably good. Right. But I remembered he was there and I looked at his record as a coach, Uh including assistant jobs. And it's really like he speaking of that Bobcats team. He was an assistant coach on that Bobcats team. Mm -hmm. Well, you know who else he was an assistant coach for? Uh, The 2006 to 2010 Golden State Warriors. Uh, Was that Keith Smart that was the uh, coach for them? uh, That's multiple. It's it's, It's it's, it's the end of Don Nelson and then Keith Smart, yes. Uh, He sort of leaves because Keith Smart gets that job and not him, actually. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, He He could be where Mark Jackson is right now. Yeah. Hustling for change. <laughs> no, um, he could have okay. been the one doing exorcisms on players. Yeah. I, I think it's unfair that it wasn't allowed to happen. Yeah. All right. I'm going to tell you the 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 positive things that the Pistons are uh, among the league leaders in. And you tell me if, uh, you know, just how you feel about it, if you're how proud you are about it. OK, this team is sixth in minutes played. OK. I mean, uh, look, that's top 10. I think you yeah, got to take a top yeah, 10 spot yeah. where you can yeah, get yeah. it. Uh, they are leading the league in two-point attempts. You know, I mean, why go crazy? <laughs> you know, it's tightening, tightening the yeah. belt a little bit right Bird now. Burn in the Points hand. Are hard to come by. Burn in the you gotta hand. Go, yeah. You got to go for the sure thing. <laughs> uh, and they're fifth in two-pointers made, which is less encouraging <laughs> when you know they're first in attempts, but that's still, that's top five. I'm just imagining Monty putting this on a resume. Yeah, like it's like the the like I like to bullshit a resume, so like I respect that Monty is doing this to to preserve any future job opportunities. Yeah, 
he's he's gonna prove he can do an expel excel spreadsheet with this as well um mm-hmm. uh second 12th i'm sorry in free throw percentage so there's maybe some hope they are they are last in three-point field goals attempts and percentage but they always say that if somebody like coming out of college somebody who can shoot free throws it's encouraging for their outside shooting mm-hmm. potential yeah really they're bringing them along slow they're working yeah, their way yeah, up yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah every every day in practice they take uh they take a shot from one inch further back and they're like me yeah. when i worked at jimmy john's right now the young guys are it's like let's not get him on the sandwich line immediately let's put him at the register he's more comfortable there he's not going to melt down during the lunch rush and we'll work his way over there yeah uh okay they're 11th in the league in offensive rebounds and they give up the sixth fewest offensive rebounds I mean, that's just blue collar, lunch pail, mm-hmm. Detroit yeah, that's, basketball. That's the, Joe, that's the Joe Lewis fist of uh, the, the, the it's in the DNA of this team. Yeah. It has nothing to do yeah. with the amount of missed shots on offense or defense. Yeah. This <laughs> uh, OK, uh, also, they give up the second fewest three point attempts in the league. OK, I mean, they're, they're making the teams. other team play their game. That's right. I mean, they got they got these boys practicing to till I collapse by Eminem. They've got them out there hustling. They're closing out on these guys. And also, you know, maybe teams don't feel like they have to work that hard. And so uh-huh. they they lull them into a false sense of uh, of security. Uh-huh. Uh, they're 15th in the league in blocks with 5.2 per game. That is up 39 percent from last year. This is Troy Weaver's vision of a team of centers, a team of all centers out there being big, blocking shots. Uh-huh. I think it's beautiful to see. And then the last thing, 11th in uh assists given up. So they're they're denying other teams uh the, the pass. pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're taking I mean, they are pass. they are third to last in steals, <laughs> but they're they're tricking those motion offenses by letting them go uh directly to the rim, I believe. I, I, yeah, I was going to say, I just had like a highlight reel of every just completely undefended, like waltz to the rim finish that happens like 25 times a game against the Pistons. So, you know, they're not bad. They're not terrible in the four factors. I mean, they're kind of terrible in the four factors, but, but offensive rebound rate, free throws per field goal attempt, middle of the pack. And, and they, they do get boards. Uh-huh. It's just the turnovers and the fouling and the making shots, which seems to be. I don't think they're the worst team in the league, Joey. Oh, who's the worst team in the league, Sean? I think the Wizards are worse than them. Wow. I know they haven't been so far, but I really, I really do think um, having Bogdan Bojan is a lot better. Jeez, and you know, Marcus is Marcus Morris ever going to play? Uh, not Marcus Morris, Monty Morris. Jesus. Yeah, Marcus Morris is a former Piston. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. You can be forgiven for thinking of better times. Um, Mo- Monty Morris has been hurt and they keep extending the timeline for it. Uh-huh. So I don't like I was super excited to get him because they yeah. desperately need a guy that can run your offense without fucking up, which is what he does. Yeah. So and like hopefully throwing, playing all these big guys, just having like one guy who can definitely throw an entry pass. Well, that's what Gabe's like supposed go a long to do. Way. <laughs> 
I think the the problem with Cade has largely been that he has to do everything. Yeah, so having uh, a guy that can like give him some possessions off is definitely a plus. Um. Okay. So Tom, here's what we're gonna do. Like I said, we're recording on December nineteenth. I'm gonna give you every date, uh, every game they have going up to January first, and okay. you're gonna tell me uh why they lost all right so oh, thursday yeah yeah thursday december 21st can i can i can i oh yeah yeah go ahead sorry yeah, yeah I, I i know i got it sean i yeah, know yeah, what sorry, you're sorry, we're sorry, gonna sorry. do here yeah, all right yeah, thursday yeah. december 21st tom jazz versus pistons why did the pistons lose this game kelly olenic revenge game uh <laughs> This has been bulletin board material for him for a while, and uh, he he's he's ready to get us at our lowest. He's playing close to Canada, too, and that gives him unimaginable powers. Canada's red sun fuels him. Uh, OK, Tom, that was great. Uh, now we're going to re-record and I'm going to uh, you're going to tell me why they won this game. All right. Thursday, December 21st, Tom. Why did the Pistons snap the losing streak against the Utah Jazz? Uh, John Collins attempts to recreate the plane dunk pregame <laughs> and <laughs> injures himself and several teammates. Oh, that's, that's sad. John Predictable, Collins but back sad. on the block. You know, uh, you know what John Collins feels like to me? A Troy Weaver trade acquisition. <laughs> <laughs> He's been rumored to the Pistons numerous times, so I think this is finally going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right. Saturday, December 23rd, Pistons at Nets, Tom. Why did they lose this game? Dennis Smith Jr. revenge game. This has been bulletin <laughs> board material for him for a while. And he's going to show why he was a top 10 pick. Yeah. Okay, that was great. Tom, this is so great. I'm going to edit this so you look like a genius, like you guessed which game they were going to win. Uh, it's going to go great. So uh, let's let's do one if they win. Saturday, December 23rd, Tom, Pistons at Nets. Why did the Pistons snap their losing streak on this game? Uh, unfortunately, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie is distraught from his numerous crypto investments <laughs> going underwater. And uh, I think there's been another NFT breach for apes. So his mind is elsewhere. Mm. He's a turnstile oh, he on defense even more apes. than usual. <sighs> Wow, James Wiseman stole his apes. <laughs> um, all right, Tuesday, December 26th, day after Christmas, Tom, Nets at Pistons again. We got to stop playing the Nets. I think this is... <laughs> Tom, um, why did they lose this game? Uh, Isaiah Livers starts and has a horrible Vietnam-style flashback to the 20, I believe it was 2018 National Championship game. One, Mikhail Bridges. Mikhail Bridges goes for 55 points. Detroit loses by 25. <laughs> All right, this is this is going great, Tom. Tom, why did they break the win streak on this game? 
Oh, let's say losing streak. Oh, sorry. Why did they break the losing streak on this game? I don't know if you guys remember the 2018 national title game, but Michigan <laughs> lost to a pretty loaded Villanova team. And I think that Isaiah Livers has been stewing on that for a long time. So we're going to get a 40 point outburst from him. Speaking of stewing, you know who had a monster game? Beef Stew with a hearty 12 and 12. <laughs> they tied the record, but they did not break it. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. This, this is great. Tom, Thursday, December 28th, Pistons at Celtics. Tom, why did the Pistons lose this game? Uh, they were playing the Boston Celtics and they <laughs> lost. <laughs> um, all right, this is great. Uh, Tom, they snapped the losing streak against the Boston Celtics. How did they pull that off? <laughs> I don't even know who the Celtics 14th man is, but I'm assuming that this is a situation where they wanted to give the rest of the t- the team a night off and they put one guy out there. Uh, all right. Saturday, December 30th, Raptors at Pistons. Tom, why did they lose this game? I've been an advocate for most of the early part of the season for the Pistons to wave James Wiseman and bring up Jonte Porter, the uh-huh. brother of Michael Porter Jr., mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who is playing for the Motor City Cruise and was Why, unfortunately you believe signed... they're losing because they believe too much in vaccinations. Yeah, exactly. And they they really like they're they need to get red pilled and so they need they need a uh, they need a porter in there uh so unfortunately the toronto raptors signed him away before that plan could come to fruition uh-huh. and i think that he goes for 18 and 12 in this game all right that's great tom saturday december 30th raptors at pistons why did the pistons win this game and break their streak uh I'm going to say Grady Dick. Someone said something mean to him at the start of the game, and the rest of the team had to console him for the majority of the uh, contest. Oh, that's so sad. That's a bummer. And finally, Monday, January 1st, New Year's Day. Pistons at Rockets. Tom, why did the Pistons lose this game? It's a... I mean... Know that the rivalry between the Rockets and Pistons, the very real good rivalry, especially between Cade and Jalen Green, has been percolating for a long time. And uh, the, the Rockets just showed that they uh, were they wanted it more and they were willing to hire uh, a more proven coach under worse circumstances. So, more power to them. <laughs> See, I was going to say it's because the Thompson twins shook hands at the beginning of the game and the world exploded like in Southland Tales. Um, all yeah, right. I, uh, thought, I thought they were going to just share one jersey, yeah. maybe. Uh, all right. Finally, tell them this is great. You're doing great. Uh, all right. Monday, January 1st, Pistons at Rockets. Tom, it's the new year. New team. How did they win this game? Dylan Brooks has been really good lately, and unfortunately, he went two of 38 in this game. <laughs> yeah, that'll, that'll happen. Yeah, he Bugs Bunny memed himself and uh, back to the old me. Uh, <laughs> uh, Tom, that was perfect. Thank you so much. 
Tom, is there anything you'd like to plug? Uh, you can follow me uh, on Twitter at uh, Tom underscore not underscore Tom. And uh, I am the co-host of a Survivor podcast called Did You Watch Survivor Last Night? That is available where all fine podcasts can be found. Oh, man. That you've got a big finale tomorrow, huh? Yeah, I... Uh... I don't know. I'm just kind of sick of Jeff Probst. You'll get the, if you listen to the podcast, you'll hear about me complaining about Jeff Probst a lot. So if that's something that you think you might like, then then please tune in. How about uh, how about uh, did, do you think he how do you think he feels about people who quit? Does he have any strong feelings about that? He's honestly softened on it. And I think uh -oh. it's I think it says a lot about society that he's he's letting quitters get away without getting dunked on. Yeah, just like 10 minutes of this is ridiculous. People give their whole lives for this, and you're walking away because you've I got wanna, pneumonia. I want to hear him given nobody wants to work any to a survivor contestant, <laughs> yeah. and he's yeah, just, anyone, he's, he's too woke now. I will say people people were quiet quitting Survivor. I've I've only seen up to about season twenty four, but uh, I feel like people were quiet quitting uh, before it was a term on Survivor. All right. Thanks so much, Tom. You're welcome on whenever you want. Uh, great job predicting. And congratulations what on the with... Pistons breaking that streak. Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, do you think I have one more question for you? I'm sorry. I know we already said goodbye to you, but uh, <laughs> is it a bad idea that Matt Ishbia, Mr. Pontiac, Michigan, Mr. Michigan State, Mr. Detroit, uh, fired the guy the Pistons then gave a record-setting NBA contract to. It's not a good look, but I think in the the Detroit owner gangland wars, you know, you you got to work with what you have, and I uh -huh. think you got to pounce on any potential competitive advantage. So I <laughs> yeah. think say, at the time it made sense. Yeah. All right. Thanks a lot, Tom. Thanks Everybody follow Tom on Twitter. All right. That was us with Tom, where he correctly predicted when which games the Detroit Pistons would lose and which games they would win. Abe, I hope you got some a window into an answer here in your soul searching. Um, Sean, that's our episode. And that's the year 2023. We're out of here, baby. Is there anything you'd like to pluck? Uh, America's Uncle Dad comes out um, wherever you stream your comedy albums mm -hmm. that will exist in limited physical form because like, how many CDs should I produce? Like seven? Is that, <laughs> is that the demand for this thing? Uh, if you're in Sacramento next weekend, hit me up. I'm around. Got a lot of free time. Uh, read me on Yard Barker and Golden City of Mind and Chance Baseball Insider. Mm -hmm. And if you want, uh, I was on AJ Persinski's video podcast talking about crime in San Francisco. Ironically, a week before my car was stolen, but not from a place in San Francisco. Um, it was argumentative. Mm -hmm. but, uh, I was also mean about a guy's necklace for no reason, so I apologize for that. So I, I should have. I don't know. It seemed there. like they liked you in the yeah, end. Good. It was fine. They're yeah. sharing a lot of clips from your episode. They really were. Adrian <laughs> didn't like that I said he needs somebody in the nuts because I read it in the paper and he's like, they, they got that story wrong and now you got it wrong. And I was like, all right. But <laughs> okay. I think you, I still think you probably did. Uh, I'll have me on to debate that again, I think. <laughs> I, mean, what, I mean, what, what am I going to say? It's his knee. 
Not my nuts. Um, and then as for me, that's my next album. Sorry. Not my nuts. <laughs> right. And then as for me, you can always follow me on Twitter at Frankie Muniz. Where Sean, I just found a banger Frankie Muniz tweet we've never we've never read before. Um, so excited! We're what a way to cook up! What a eight, way to close out the year! We're on eight fifteen two thousand eleven. I tweeted, "I love that everyone keeps telling me I'm in the upcoming movie New Year's Eve. I am not in that movie. <laughs> I promise." Oh my god well happy new year's <laughs> eve to all of you especially frankie mm-hmm. and uh, congratulations i can't believe he is pledging at the 500 dollars a month level on the patreon that's just mm-hmm. incredible so it's incredible thank you frankie. frankie um sean did you uh have a song that you wanted uh, us to hear no i'm gonna wait till next week because i'm gonna tell you what the song is it's a song about jason tatum's tattoos Great. It requires a rap performance, and oh, it's no. too much. It's too much rapping for me. Fair enough. So I need to. Once I figure out a way to get out of that portion of the song, it's gonna be the next episode. Uh, we know some people that rap. Can you get? A, can you have a guest for once? Um, I mean, they would <laughs> just have think to be about rapping it. about Jason Tatum's tattoos. <laughs> um, is the thing. Uh, well, uh, I mean, you wrote the lyrics, I assume. Um. I did. Just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess you that's know, true. They just, like, uh, well, we'll see what we can do here. We'll see what we can do. Um, but what song do you want to hear today? Oh, To great. close yeah, yeah, out yeah. the year. Okay, um, let's close out the year with, um, oh, Mr. Whiteside. Mr. Whiteside, Whiteside, great. The killer song with Hassan Whiteside. Um, Sean, are you going to do any New Year's resolutions this year? Yeah, I'm gonna resume, I'm gonna resolve to not take any shit from anyone. Keep kicking ass and stop taking names because I don't even care what your name is. I was gonna oh. say you should you should do one that's easy to accomplish where you could you you should say like this is the year. I say this every year, but this is the year I'm going to get married. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, that way you actually accomplish your new year right, right. revolution. Okay, so it's a guarantee. I'm gonna, I'm gonna finally put out a comedy album. Uh-huh, Somehow yeah. I'm gonna get married, uh-huh. and uh, I mean, it might take me a while, but at some point I'm gonna celebrate my dog's second birthday. Mm-hmm. I think I can make it happen. Uh, and as for me, I am going to resolve to play o- Cinnernerdle two only five hours a day instead of the eight <laughs> i've been playing uh battle mode only of course yeah, speaking of which if anyone wants to battle me on cinnernerdle uh-huh. uh just let me know i'll do it uh yeah. but just know i i'm i'm walking you into the noah bomb back hole <laughs> and that's how i win like 90 percent of my games Ooh. i get them in the noah bomb back hole and they don't know how to get out of kicking and screaming, buddy. Um, yeah, all right. Like um, <laughs> and guess what? I do. I know how to get out of kicking and screaming. Um, trust the process. Trust the process. <laughs> and shut it down. Let's all drag our friends into the Noah Bomback hole and <laughs> leave them for dead. <laughs> 
coming out of Miami and I'm doing just fine. Gotta, gotta rebound because I want the ball. It started off with a miss and now I'm in an abyss. Click a power is Swiss. Click a power is Swiss. Now I'm talking to Pat and he's dumping my deal. I'm beefy and bad like a cup of the field. Now Jimmy's coming to town and I'm putting the bricks. They had a sign of trade and Dallas won't take Dragic. Now the tax line is closed. Trade me for more. I just can't shoot. It's killing me. And taking up cap space. Jealousy can't contest a big man's three. Getting hands on basketballs, choking on that foul calls. But it's not a big fence league, the big three is calling. I feel the bench under my thighs, cause I'm Mr. Whiteside. Coming over to Portland and I'm doing just fine Reservation and touch, that's where I wanna dine Playing with CJ and Dane, the racists love my last name Myers Leonard was lame, Myers Leonard was lame Now I'm riding the bike and I'm not eating meat And my balls are real sore cause it's a vintage seat And I'm riding the bench and I'm backing up Nurkic Lockers full of kebabs cause Ennis Cantor is dirt-ish he took off for Boston still J.J. Tatum ain't old I can't play D, it's killing me Can't guard the pick and roll Efficiency, advanced stats on my enemy Ruining the Blazers' fun Buying an illegal gun But I'm just not likable Portland, you ain't calling I got a max, I barely try Cause I'm Hoss on white side Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.